Hey, I'm Paul Sponsia. I'm the CEO of the IT company. All of our videos are really designed for one thing, to help business leaders understand how to align IT with their business strategy so that they can go further faster. Further faster means make more money and have more fun. That's ultimately what we want you to do. So thanks for stopping by. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoy. Hey, this is Paul Sponsia, uh, CEO of the IT company, and I'm here with my friend Hank Brown. And uh, we're gonna talk kind of at a broad level about um, being ready for a crisis. I think that's a good way to say it. And uh, I think a crisis falls into a lot of different categories. Um, and so to frame it out, I think, help me if I'm wrong, but to frame it out, a crisis would generally, in, in the context of what we're speaking about, is, is something that would uh, put you in a situation where you may not have access to all the resources you used to have access to, or, or, or you have some diminishing scale of how long those resources are going to last you so if we had as we talked about a massive power outage and the the the, uh, the grid was out and we didn't have power for three weeks or two weeks or even a week for mm -hmm. that matter and so um i think a great place for us to start in the context of these conversations uh was what a friend of mine asked me as i was driving over here was so what like what's one or two or three things i should do to be prepared for a crisis so i think that's a good place to start what would you say maybe uh whatever one two three things sure sure so if you didn't get a chance to watch the uh previous videos or because i did a couple with paul and his uh company um the uh my background is cyberspace operations and military operations but i've done a little study on my own on just the fragility of the infrastructure at large and so um when i describe a a crisis it's it's agnostic to the causality there are a number of causes uh, yeah. and we could do a video on that if we wanted to talk through good, what yeah. i would call the uh, interdependent uh or interrelated causes but they're they're really dependent of each other so one uh statistically one doesn't cause the other one each of them could occur independently okay and so even in current news there's been you know people are concerned about 2020 because all these things keep happening to include covid but you know there's like a potential of a solar flare right now. Mm -hmm. That is independent of a virus, but either of those could yeah. cause a degradation of what I'll call the infrastructure. Yeah. And so for our conversation, the infrastructure is the uh, the support system around us that includes, it's, it's typically centralized to electricity and the internet, uh, but then all of the other services that are tied to those right. that uh, would, would either not exist or be significantly degraded without without those two. Okay, good. So, um, it's easy in this conversation to get into a discussion of what is the actual risk. Uh, I think it's better to uh, accept that there's a risk, uh, just like we do in other risks. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're buying car insurance, you don't spend a lot of time trying to calculate what the percent of likelihood you're going to have an accident is. Right. Yeah. Uh, the the insurance company did that. Yeah. Right. And that's how they charge you. But you didn't do that. Um, yeah. You came up with that. You just said, yeah, it's possible. Right. So I'm going to hedge against it. So really, that's what this discussion is. Is how do you hedge against a disruption to our infrastructure? Okay, good. So, um, so the difference is in, in other risks, those hedges can be provided by an outside provider, an insurance company, for instance. Right, yes. Um, when it comes to hedging against uh, disruption to our infrastructure, uh, there's nobody currently providing a hedge against that. Uh, we do have emergency services, but they would be focused on critical needs and potentially if it was widespread, uh, there would be more needs than there are resources for it. Right. They'd be overwhelmed, right. yeah. um, and, and then there's also a unique 
um, consideration to this one, and I wrote about it a little bit in my book, and that is uh, in, in other emergencies, or and I could even use like my Marine Corps experience. So I might have volunteered to, to go somewhere and be in harm's way to serve, but I never had to make that decision in the context of leaving my family who might be at a greater risk because I'm gone. Yeah. And so if we have a disruption to our infrastructure, that, that puts a very unique and really awful burden on our emergency service providers. Mm -hmm. And that includes both like police and fire, but also just you know, workers at factories who are part of the supply chain or, you know, people that work at the power company mm -hmm. who might, if they feel that their family is at risk, then they're going to have a very real tension of leaving their family perhaps more exposed. Yeah. Um, and so you do see some examples of this historically. Um, I think some emergency service providers uh, struggled with this decision during Hurricane Katrina, maybe mm -hmm. during Sandy. We certainly could look for more examples uh, and we hope that they never arise. Yeah. Um, so... So since there is no hedge, if you will, provided by an outside, and no insurance provided by an outside organization mm -hmm. that's meaningful uh, to you as an individual or you as your family, it's my opinion that you need to provide your own. Uh, we have a very efficient supply chain in the United States, which uh, leads to competition and decreased prices, mm -hmm. and we benefit from that every day. Uh, but part of the one element of that is, is in most cases, there's no warehouses full of supplies that are right. part of that supply chain. Yeah. Every, they figured out mathematically how to eliminate those because that reduces the overall kind of what happened, cost. Kind of what happened with COVID. When, sure, when we absolutely. ran out of toilet paper or whatever we ran out of, right. the, the supply chain never had that in mind. Right, so the, yeah, excellent example. And um, it's also a good example of how um, unpredictability could arise. Yeah. So when the infrastructure is working well, we are pretty good at predicting what people's needs are based off of historical data. But when things are happening that don't have a historical precedence for the data, yeah. then uh, even like artificial intelligence, re re it relies on a data feed right. or a data history in order to inform its future decisions. Mm -hmm. So uh, when, it, when you get into that unprecedented situation, then there are going to be unexpected um, uh, symptoms, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so my recommendation is, again, agnostic to the cause, mm -hmm. but to try to create a buffer for yourself of um, both things, but perhaps even a mentality and um, a, a position for you and your, your loved ones, if you will, uh, that uh, can buy time and space. And that's a military term. Yeah. So if you need to, if you have a hard decision to make, uh, you'd rather have time and space to make that decision rather than being in some an extremist situation mm -hmm where you have to make a decision now without, you know, under duress and maybe under a, a direct threat. And that direct threat could just be um, that you're thirsty and your body mm -hmm. needs hydration and you don't have water. Uh, so uh, back to the interdependencies of our infrastructure, 10% um, of our country is on a well, and so that relies on electricity. Wow. Yeah. Um, the other 90% is uh, on some type of municipal water. Mm -hmm. And that also relies on electricity indirectly in that in most cases the water's pumped, it's treated and pumped, and then it yep. goes into some gravity, uh, you know, position where it's uh, it's uphill of your location mm -hmm. and gravity will feed it. So when the electricity goes out and most people have experienced that, they probably say, well, we still have water, yeah. but that's a temporary condition. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they'll have water only as long as there's still, uh, until that, that immediate supply is used well, up. Gravity takes right, its effect right. and all that's uphill. And there's gone. emergency pumps and yeah. things like that. So, I mean, there, there are certainly, mitigation factors that 
emergency and utility services or providers have. Mm -hmm. uh, what we would like to do is be able to provide our own buffer. So if the unexpected occurs and their mitigation uh, wasn't sufficient, and there's always some you know level of you know mm -hmm. some extremity that uh, that it could be insufficient, then you can you can provide for yourself. Got it. Uh, so back to your friend's question, I would say, um, you know, as human beings on, on book two, which is, uh, you know, it's in review right now. Um, uh, so I've written a couple of books, Plan Bravo, You Don't Have to Be a Prepper to Be Prepared is the first mm -hmm. one. And really it's most of the, it's more of the why, uh, but also an introduction to the how. Uh, book two will be, you don't have to be a prepper to be prepared to stay home for two weeks. And so really it gets more into uh, the how and less of the why. Okay. Um, and I think two weeks is a good uh is a good measure. Uh, I call the prepper's dilemma. There's always something else you could do. Right. Uh, but we know statistically that power outages, uh, the, uh, the, the, the less duration, the more likely. Uh, so uh, if you think of power, power outages you're aware of, you're experienced, rarely have they gone beyond two weeks. Yeah. Um, well, I, most time it's, you know, a day. It's or a, a day, night or right. something like that, right. or a couple hours, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So I will provide one distinction, and that is, um, a disruption where we're, we're, we know what the causality is, is less concerning than one that just occurs and we don't know why. Okay. And so I think that uh, if you're preparing for a disruption where the electricity goes out and you look at your cell phone and it says no service, so you find yourself in an immediate vacuum of information, mm -hmm. um, if you prepare for that, then you're going to be prepared for one where the snowstorm came and knocked out the power, yeah, you, you know, the, uh, but in this case, you know why. Yeah. Um, I do think that people's um, propensity to act out will increase in the absence of information. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, on that, on that note, most people will not act out. Most people are going to are actually going to be the opposite. They're going to be wanting to help other people. Yeah. But when uh, the unexpected occurs, then people will do unexpected things mm -hmm. and and people's response mechanisms will be different out of the norm, if you will, particularly if there's been some reduction in emergency services. Mm -hmm. So back to your friend's question. Um, uh, so uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm -hmm. uh, first thing is water. Okay. Uh, and so uh, if, if you turn on the faucet and there's not clean water coming out, then how can you provide water for your mm -hmm. family? Uh, there's a number of measures out there, anything from a gallon to two and a half gallons a day is kind of what a human basically needs for sustenance. Uh, part of that comes down to uh, how much hand washing are you going to do? I think yeah. with two and a half gallons, oh, you could wow. even kind of take a you know, a little bath with a washcloth uh -huh. type thing. Think about, I mean, think about that. Like, it's not even just about drinking water. It's about the fact that you bathe and wash your hands and stuff. That's right. So if the power's out for some significant period of time, especially we're aware of this during COVID-19, um, you know, you need to you need to still conduct hygiene. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you can, you when disasters occur, you might note that a lot of people die from things like dysentery. You mm -hmm. know, it's not the disaster that killed them. It's not even dehydration. It's lack of clean water. Wow. It yeah. killed them. So having water on hand and or the ability to make water, mm -hmm. and that's a very situationally dependent mm -hmm. thing, depending on where you live and how much space you have. Mm -hmm. um, but all those can be good ideas and can be relatively inexpensive. Yeah. And, and so I don't know if you wanted to, to delve into that now in terms yeah, I mean, of making is that, water. Is that or... like, uh, well, I mean, I guess one side of it is just buying water, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, buying gallons of water, storing it somewhere, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there is, yeah, I've never thought about making water outside right. of a, well, and so woods, when I say making, creek and collecting cleaning, water, collecting right? Water. Okay. I mean, yeah. So, so rainwater maybe in sure, a way, in a sure. way to, to put, uh, to clean it so that it makes it drinkable, yep. I guess. 
And, and I don't think it's a bad idea to have like a book on hand um, that uh, might have some instructions on you know collecting so you don't have to become some kind of expert yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the short term. Because we could take, I mean, we're surrounded by like, you know, grass out here. I could take a, a plastic bag and put it over those flowers over there and uh, wrap it around, tie it at the bottom and put a rock in the bottom. And as those flowers uh, emitted moisture, it would collect on the plastic huh. bag and gather in the bottom. That's called the solar still. So not everybody needs to know how to yeah. make a solar still, <laughs> right? But if you had a little book, like a little handbook or yeah, something like that, remember, you might not have the internet. So yeah. um, that could be helpful. Huh. But uh, my, my initial recommendation is, so if you're starting at square one, um, most people drink water at, at home, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, if you drink water from uh, prepackaged in plastic bottles, uh, and I like to use a term I call pre-purchasing, where you buy things and use them. You you create a buffer for yourself of things that you would normally use anyway. So you're not buying things that are unnecessary. Uh, so um, in in water, it might be it might be a step that's beyond what your desire is to uh, to buy a um, osmosis machine mm. that you could stick in like the local fish pond and it would distill the water. And right, so that's yeah. a, that's multi thousand dollars. You're rarely going to use it. Um, so, uh, you, you might want to do that, but you could just start with buying extra cases of water. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're a person who'd rather drink out of like an algae bottle, um, you could buy those with filters built into them. Yep. So that's not a bad thing to have, even if you're just traveling. Mm -hmm. um, and you can, you can also buy um, larger containers to store water in. Mm -hmm. uh, if water is treated municipally, they make uh, a... Uh, a droplets that you can put in there that don't purify they just stabilize hmm. and so you can put things like five gallon they have water bricks or water jugs uh, you can put them in there <laughs> the dog's killing me back there it's, okay. back there. <laughs> it's, um, it's part of the ambiance <laughs> of doing these shits outside yeah it's, it's a okay. blooper show as it's anything okay. <laughs> um, right. you can put them in the water bricks and uh, so in so we have a well and so we know that right. you know without electricity we, we only have the 30 gallons of water that's in the well tank um, and so uh, what I have immediately is I have these water bricks in the garage in a cool place and, uh, and they're treated. And so that could be our immediate water source. So if the electricity doesn't come back on, I figured out a way to, to yeah. create water. I, and I don't want to run too far down a rabbit hole, but I mean, I think about like just going hiking. You know, I have a, uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on it, but I have the little um, extraction when you sucks right. the water through and cleans the water. Right, it's just a water filter, it's right? It's a water filter, yeah. yeah. You know, and so even something, I mean, I, I think I paid $15 or something like that for that, just for, you know, going to, when we're hiking, run out of water in a creek, I need water. You know, so, I mean, it's something as simple, obviously you have to collect the water. So that's a, that's a whole different issue. Mm -hmm. But having something like that, I mean, is it safe to drink rainwater? Like if you pull it through something like that like is that oh absolutely if you pull it through it a filter okay uh, so okay. there's there's kind of two contaminants that can be in water um there can be a, a chemical uh contaminant and then there can be a biological contaminant like in but creeks it's biological generally typically. speaking like could be both smokies, but, but like uh you know there's a creek over here to our our left and um we have wild hogs around here so it's more than likely that the, mm. the creek has um an amoeba in it yeah that's uh trans uh, transferred by the hogs yeah and so i wouldn't want to drink that water but it more likely it also doesn't have chemicals in it right uh so to pure so i could boil that water and safely drink it with yeah. assurance Got it. And rainwater okay. would be the same way because rainwater is distilled through yeah. the clouds Got it. um but if this was a creek in like a municipality i might prefer to filter it, Got it. because of the chemicals so you know in 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 kind of 
you know, putting a small bow on my friend's question, it's really about, again, you know, creating some small buffers for yourself by making, you know, as you're thinking, as you're talking, what I was thinking about was, this isn't really a lot different than making financial decisions for yourself mm -hmm. and creating, you know, hey, I'm going to have, I think Dave Ramsey calls it the $10,000 rainy day fund, like start there, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm going to have 10 and then I'm going to try to get to 15 and I'm going to try to get to, you know, several months worth of income and then I'm going to try to get to a year, you know, so that in the, in a, in a financial crisis where I've lost my job, I don't have the same fears I would have if I had no mm -hmm. buffer. So I guess right. it's a very parallel. You don't have the same, way. you don't have the same kind of, uh, feeling of panic, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, that you can provide for yourself. You might make better decisions because you're not making rash decisions. Yeah. So yeah, so water is an example, but on all those things I would recommend, and again, I, I even break this down in book two pretty well, um, an incremental approach so that it's palatable. Um, you know, we all have a plan A in our life and that's what's more than likely going to happen. So the plan B or plan Bravo is, is, is that self-insurance. So mm -hmm. we shouldn't, in my opinion, our, the majority of our efforts should not be toward the plan Bravo. Right. It should be, we do these small things to build up a buffer over time. And it's, you know, look at the basic needs. It's water, it's food, it's mm -hmm. shelter. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's components of the shelter as well. Uh, but if you can cover on all those basic needs and not expose yourself to risk, mm -hmm. uh, then you, now you can determine what's going on, uh, keep yourself in a safe place, and, um, and, and make decisions without being under duress or less duress mm -hmm. on how you might act in the future. And I mean, I think that's true. You know, you should have this in business planning as well. I mean, all plans should have, um, you should create a way to create time and space for mm -hmm. yourself. Uh, so, you know, sometimes in military operations, if the, if the forces find themselves at a disadvantage, you know, they, they, they might decide they're going to withdraw from the battlefield, mm -hmm. but they're, if they can uh, maintain uh, some level of discipline, they want to have resources in place so they can withdraw in an orderly way. And by doing so, that, yeah. they've bought time and space in order to make good decisions. Yeah. And so as a Marine, one of the most famous uh, withdrawals was, uh, was withdrawal um, in, uh, in Korea, uh, where the Marines uh, withdrew while surrounded by Chinese and uh, North Korean enemy, mm. but they did it in an orderly fashion and uh, then retained the ability to uh, fight another day at the time and place of their choosing. That's fascinating. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the the business side of it, you know, and, and and I think that naturally, you know, in my world right now, and the, probably most people that would listen or watch this, you know, that's what they're thinking about is the business piece of it. And, and we've talked about business planning as a company, mm -hmm. you know, for a long time, and we do a lot of preparedness planning. And, and a lot of that has to do with creating the right financial, or the right financial buffers because um, that's typically in a business one of the biggest risks is financial. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we ran across it. I, I shared with you, and I don't mind sharing it, that I tested positive for COVID. Well, two more people in our organization tested positive for COVID. And immediately I thought, man, what if, like, nine people tested positive for COVID? Mm -hmm. Like, that's half of my company. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You know, like, what are the plans in place? You know, and so we started putting plans in place of just – of. Uh, a, how would we handle that? But also, how do we make sure that in this crazy time we keep separation of our team so that the people that have to deliver service are never all together at the same mm -hmm. time so that the risk is lower of of us, you know, infecting each other, mm -hmm. you know, in that way. So 
I don't know that people necessarily, I've never, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. Like I never thought of a pandemic. I have all these plans in place for fire, natural, you know, all these different things, but we didn't, you know, we even have, we even have an active shooter plan, but we didn't have a, uh, a pandemic Mm -hmm. (laughs) plan. That's right. And now we're putting one together and, you know, I guess, do you have any thoughts on, uh, just as we maybe wrap this one up, like from a business perspective, like, you know, as a Marine, like what would be the things you would tell somebody from a business perspective in that, in that way? What, what kind of things would they do? Maybe if you can think of any. So I think that, um, I think as human beings, you know, optimally we, we live and work in community with each other and we gain efficiencies from that. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's kind of the plan A, right? And if we go buy insurance, we've taken money that could be earning or providing for entertainment or something like that. And we're, we're hoping we never need that, but we've, you know, we've, we've created an inefficiency, if you will, in our finances yeah. by, by buying insurance. And I'd say that um, whether you're you know, buying extra canned green beans to keep on the shelf at home, um, or you're having a methodology to have not all of your employees at work at the same time, yeah. you know, that's an inefficiency that actually it makes, it re- reduces the, uh, the performance of your home or, because at home, if you buy those extra green beans, that's, you know, you still could have bought something else with that. You take up space, space. That you would, yeah. right? But by creating those, so you have to, you have to determine what tension works for you, uh, accepting some inefficiencies in order to mitigate risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard, a, I read an article from a local guy um, it was really well done and he talked about their business philosophy and one of the things he talked about is they'll actually make business decisions for flexibility purposes so they'll like only sign a one-year contract it may cost them 20% more mm-hmm. but they want to have the flexibility that mm-hmm. if something in the in changes that they can get out of that very easily so there's a pretty interesting mentality and there's a really good book um, uh, by Jim Collins called Great by Choice where he mm. actually I don't know if you've read it or not, but he, he, you know, Collins is a climber. I've read a couple of his books, but I haven't read that one. Yeah, he's a climber, and this one is um, all about how companies have have decided to be great by making these choices. And a lot of it is actually the stuff you're talking about. Hmm. Financial buffers, human buffers, like they've made all these decisions where they've bounded risk in a way. They haven't gone crazy and like pulled in and been super conservative and done nothing but they've created the right buffers so that they could survive anything, mm-hmm. anything whatsoever. And he, and he uses, as as a researcher, he uses a, you know, very specific examples of the companies that have mm-hmm. done that. So I think, you know, from a, to wrapping it up, you know, the, the thing I would take away from it is um, maybe take your team, huddle up. It doesn't have to be complicated. Mm-mm. Huddle up and say, you as know. Simple is better. Yeah, what, what are, you know, what are three things we could do as a company? What are three things we could do as a family that would generate, that would create uh, an extra two weeks right. of space and time for us, you right. know, in your in your words. And uh, and that can be as simple as when you go to the grocery store, you know, pick up one of those, you know, two of those 10-gallon things of water and stick them in a closet That's somewhere. Right. You know, That's it right. It doesn't have to be complicated. Well, and you can, way. you know, if you know what you, the buffer you're trying to build, then you can even shop sales to do that. Yeah. And so, in effect, you may even save money doing it. Yeah. And in terms of the coordination with the family or within an organization, um, I think short conversations where everybody's just kind of tuning in on this topic from time to time yeah. uh, would would help so that if something like this did happen, people would be less uh, would be caught you know quite as flat-footed, if you will. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us.